Welcome back to Beyond the Build here on News Talk 840 KXNT. Happy Sunday to you and yours as we roll through July. It is July 21st today. Can I ask you a question, everybody out there? Because all of you, you're listening to the show. So we know you're smart. We know you're informed. And we know you really think things through. How did we get to the end of July already? I, f- I feel like it was just January. Uh, and, and the time is just flying by. I remember being a small boy and having an older mentor... Uh, that was in our community tell me as you grow older time goes faster and boy was he right Uh, as I grow older I notice that that is for certain um, and and things are moving fast but we hope you're doing well it's hot out there of course it always comes we can't escape it we embrace it much like the folks up in Minneapolis St. Paul have an ice festival during the middle of the winter where they all go out and pretend that they love being freezing frozen to death we too here, as it gets hot and our faces are melting off, we say, hey, that's our, we love it, we love it, we love it. And we do. I mean, we really do. But it is hot. When we start reaching 110 and above, those types of temperatures, they're just hard to handle. But we know it's coming every summer. It came later this summer. And with that, I've noticed, I don't know about all of you, but this week, I really noticed out on the road some just craziness, craziness. Now, I'm not just talking about bad driving because there's bad drivers everywhere. Las Vegas doesn't own the patent on bad drivers, okay? But I just saw some crazy stuff. I saw people stopping in the middle of lanes. I saw people cutting over three lanes and cutting people off. I saw people inexplicably just do, you know swerving. I mean, all kinds of weird. I don't know if it's the heat that's getting to it or if it's something else. So, so, uh, but be careful out there. Remember, you know. Things happen. We all make mistakes on the roadways. Treat each other with some respect. Treat each other with some kindness. It goes a long way. You don't know what kind of day everybody's had. So I know this might fall on deaf ears. But please, please, please be nicer out there to folks. And even when you might get cut off or something, maybe somebody made a mistake and they didn't realize it, give them a break. Uh, and 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 just look out for your fellow Las Vegans out there because we all need help. We all need to be safer and make sure we get to the loved ones, our families, uh, and everyone else in one piece. So please do that out there. Now, the roads don't make it easy, right? This is construction season in Las Vegas, Nevada. That means the state bird, which is, of course, the orange cone, is out in full force. There are projects everywhere. I cannot go in the nine miles it takes me to get to my office. I cannot go on one single road in this county where there's not construction. So I get it, but I still, we've tried for months, months now to get the county to come on and talk about the road projects and how they do things. We cannot get anybody. I've been told numerous times by county staff over there in communications that they don't have somebody to speak to us. So uh, I don't know why that is, why you would think in a, uh, a county as large as ours with as many road projects happening as we have that they'd have somebody for us. But guess what? They don't. So we're left to our own devices and to think about what's going on out there. But those projects, you guys keep sending us emails. You keep sending us direct messages on Twitter about county projects. We're trying, folks. We're trying to get somebody on to give you the information you'd like, to give you more insight onto why things are done and how they are done. We just can't get anybody from the county to help us. So we will continue to work on that one. But one thing we do like to do at the top of the show uh, every week here on Sundays is 
to give you the news, to tell you what's going on, uh, what you might have seen or missed this week uh, in order to give you an opportunity to, to know what's happening in your community and to know the latest news. Now, we get it pushed mostly to our phones these days, right? It's hard. You'd think it'd be hard to miss the news, but we always like to start off with that and tell you what's happening in the world of development, the world of construction around Las Vegas. So many projects going on. Oh, and by the way, this show is brought to you by, and thanks for the support, by the Laborers Local 872, the men and women building not only the Las Vegas Stadium, but Resorts World, the Sphere, your roadways, Project Neon, which is wrapping up and doing a ribbon cutting next week. All of those projects, you can bet that the men and women who work so hard and mean so much to our community of the Local 872 are involved. So thank you to them for their continued support and for bringing you this program. Big news at Lake Las Vegas, ladies and gentlemen. Dell Webb, developer of the 55 and over Sun City communities, has developed plans for its first project in Las Vegas in more than 10 years. The developer said Tuesday it expects to break ground in November on Dell Webb at Lake Las Vegas, a 125 acre, excuse me, gated community in Henderson. The 55 and over project will feature 461 single family homes ranging from 1,500 to 2,800 square feet, as well as a 10,000 square foot clubhouse, pickleball, bocce ball courts, and other amenities. Uh, spanning 3,600 acres, of course, the faux Mediterranean community of Lake Las Vegas boasts mansions, luxury hotels, golfing, retail, and 320-acre man-made lake. Las Vegas has made huge headway under the direction of New York hedge fund billionaire John Paulson, who acquired about 1,000 acres there at Lake Las Vegas after the market crashed in 2008. So Lake Las Vegas, man, making that full circle. Incredible progress out there. We had Andy Gill on the show a few weeks ago to talk about it. In fact, this last weekend, I don't know if you saw it, they had a great event. You don't have to live there to, to go to some of the events, to go to most of the events out there. In fact, last week, a great event. The 1970s, late 70s film, mid-70s, 75, 76, Jaws. They showed it on the lake, <laughs> right? You could sit on the water and wow, I mean, you're watching Jaws and you're on the water. It's, it adds to the, uh, the mystique and the sort of uh, tension, if you will, for the film. What a great event. They had a huge crowd out there and continue to do well. That is fantastic for our community. Lake Las Vegas was just hammered by the recession. And so it's good to see it's come back as well. We also talk about energy on the show. We talk about all these casinos, the cities, the county, all these organizations who were at one time really looking to leave Nevada Energy. The Clark County School District and Nevada Energy this week struck a deal that could save the district a $1.5 million annual. After the agreement, uh, CCSD promises to not leave Nevada Energy in return for the cost savings. Nevada Energy will provide $1.5 million in incentive payments to the district in 2019, 20, and 21. The utilities actions follow the two years would depend on whether the PUC, the Public Utilities Commission of Nevada, approves Nevada's energy's pricing program, a pending cheaper rate option for government entities and large commercial customers, including those casinos. If the PUC approves the rate, Nevada Energy will deliver energy from the program to the city starting in 2022 in place of the monetary incentive. If the rate doesn't pass, 
Nevada Energy will continue to pay the city $1.5 million in 2022-2023. The CCSD's Office of General Counsel has already reviewed and approved the energy agreement. So there you go. Nevada Energy continuing to wheel and deal with all sorts of businesses and local entities as well. Now, we talked last week with Brian Horwath of the Las Vegas Sun. Existing home sales had stabilized, which is a very good uh, sign for our market. While their, their climb had slowed down, they had stayed very, very consistent. Uh, in fact, in, in national, uh, national ranges, in national average ranges. So that was very good news. Now, when it comes to new homes, the new home sales in the four leading master plan communities in Las Vegas are down during the first six months of 2019. But builders and analysts said they wouldn't be surprised if they finished the year even ahead of 2018. Four master plan communities remained in the top 50 in the national rankings and sales from January through June, but each dipped in the rankings. Summerlin fell from third to fourth in the nation after sales declined from about 770 homes a year ago through the first six months to just 675 this year. That's a 13% decrease. Inspirata, the hot community out in West Henderson, had the biggest decline of 28%, going from 475 home sales last year to just 344 this year. It fell from eighth to 12th. Cadence and East Henderson had the smallest dip at 4%. And Sky Canyon, our friends out in the happy Northwest Valley, dipped 8% from 284 a year ago to 260 this year. Its national ranking went from 17 to 23rd. So there you go. Uh, continues to be fine. Don't, don't get it wrong. But uh, certainly something that uh, we'll keep an eye on there as we get into the second half of 2019. Also, veterans. You know, so many programs out there hiring veterans. What a great, what a great, great uh, effort by a lot of businesses and municipalities out there to hire veterans. These men and women come out of the military with so much leadership experience and other skill sets that we need so desperately. It's great to see that. Now, your U.S. Senator Jackie Rosen of, of Nevada detailed her new policy proposal extending startup tax credits to some veteran-owned businesses during a stop in Las Vegas this week. The Veterans Job Opportunity Act, introduced Thursday, would give veterans interested in starting a small business in underserved communities a 15% tax credit on the first $50,000 of startup costs. Rosen detailed the proposal at a local business owned by two sisters, Cindy Soto and Mary Lou Soto, Air Force veterans. According to the data from Rosen's office, one in eight businesses in Nevada is veteran-owned. Wow. That high. That's great. Great news. Uh, The bill also has bipartisan backing, which is so rare these days. But when it comes to our veterans, I know that tends to to unite people. Uh, Senators Jerry Moran of Kansas, Kevin Kramer of North Dakota, both Republicans, along with Rosen and Senator Doug Jones, a Democrat from Alabama, are sponsoring the bill. She said the bill would help veterans coming home use skills learned in the military to open small businesses. For example, a mechanic in the military could use this bill to open an auto shop and communi- and, and uh, contribute to his community, including hiring other people, providing jobs. Lastly, the number of Hispanic-owned small businesses in Nevada has increased. The percentage of Hispanic-owned small businesses in Clark County exceeded their population, and those owners show their entrepreneurial stripes by focusing on earning greater percentage of their revenue 
from online sales, according to the national business research firm, the U.S. Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. That uh, 37% of Las Vegas small businesses are Hispanic-owned, including one I own with my wife. Uh, That puts the population at 31.4% Hispanic, so you can see a higher percentage of Hispanics are business owners. There are more than twice as many Hispanic-owned businesses in Las Vegas compared to the Hispanic population, which is at 18 to 19% uh, nationally. Just great business uh, and great news. Of course, small businesses are classified as those under 50 employees. And we've had Peter Guzman from the Latin Chamber of Commerce, of course, here on the show several times. And uh, he has echoed that to us all over uh, and and really made the point that a lot of folks, uh, Hispanic-owned businesses, yes, some many of them American-born, uh, for a generation removed from immigrating to the United States, but some of them are, are first-time. Uh, they're immigrants coming to the United States from countries where they didn't have the opportunity that's afforded to them here in the United States, and that is to start a business, build some capital, and go. And so they're doing it. What great news for Southern Nevada, such a diverse place, a diverse uh, business community, and uh, that uh, Peter is always at the the heartbeat of that that uh, Hispanic business uh, culture here in town, including at his Latin Chamber of Commerce. Okay, well, that's going to end our first little bit here with you on Beyond the Build on this Sunday. When we come back, we'll have more. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Beyond the Build here on News Talk 840 KXNT. Welcome back to Beyond the Build here on News Talk 840 KXNT. And late this week, the city of Las Vegas, the city council, unanimously approved two agreements Wednesday to lease 25 rental units to serve as transitional housing for the city's homeless. Of course, our homeless issue here in Southern Nevada continues to grow with um, prosperity comes also the inability for folks to afford uh, a place to live. And that's what people need. They need a place to live. They need a place to go. The council approved spending nearly $226,000 on units that will be spread between Veterans Village and Women's Development Center starting in August. The units, which are converted motel rooms and apartments, will be filled in a case-by-case basis uh, for clients and get them on their feet, uh, get them, in essence, ready to be independent folks living and contributing in our community. And we wanted to use this opportunity to to bring in to uh, someone who just works tirelessly on behalf of the homeless here in Las Vegas, and specifically homeless veterans. Yes, the men and women who have served this nation um, so heroically and uh, always are out there. And that is Arnold Stock. He's the president of Veterans Village. And their motto, which I love, which is serving those who have served with respect and dignity. Arnold, thank you so much for being with us here on Beyond the Build. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Thank Uh, you. All right. Well, let's talk about this. You know, Veterans Village uh, has been just doing amazing work throughout our community and and really doing what you can to help our veterans get get on their feet. Uh, And it's a transitional and permanent housing residence for United States veterans. 24-7 your operation is dedicated to creating that environment for veterans and getting them off the street, getting them uh, in that kind of holistic approach that you have uh, to, to, to help them not only find a place to live, of course, but also help them with issues if they have addiction issues, if they're looking for employment. Tell us, first of all, about Veterans Village in general and, and, and what you guys do on a daily basis. Well, uh, thank you. So we are open 24-7, 365, and, um, you know, we want to focus on the solution and not the problem. 
And so uh, we will uh, take care of any veteran that comes through our door and also any veteran-related or connected folks, veteran spouses, people that served in the National Guard, people that don't exactly fit the VA's small window and template of what a veteran, who a veteran is. Uh, so, and we'll help anybody that comes through our doors in, in any way. So, um, you know, the four steps of self-sufficiency is emergency housing, transitional housing, permanent rental housing, and home ownership. And we're involved in all four pieces of those. And uh, we believe that we've created a model that can be replicated anywhere in our country to eliminate this problem. Yeah, and it's it's such an important issue, uh, not only for for our entire community, but like you said, for veterans, the folks you're helping. Arnold, tell us, how did you, you started this, you now have four facilities here in Las Vegas, plus you do instant build homes, which we'll talk about in a minute. But how did, how, how did you get here, Arnold? How did, you, how did you decide this is what I want to do? There's a need for it, and so I'm going to get out there and get it done. Well, my dad uh, was a yeoman in the Navy, United States Navy in World War II, uh, just one of those members of the greatest generation that we've ever seen, I believe. And uh, he asked me to do something for our veterans right before he passed away at age 86, which I can't believe it eight years ago. Wow. And um, I, I did. He never signed any of this bill, but I think about him every day. And my mom was a, a, a veteran spouse and and uh, worked at the USO Canteen in Columbus, Ohio during World War II as a dance hostess. And they were just they were just great people. That a lot, a lot of relatives that fought in wars and conflicts. And so I decided that we were going to do something that was state-of-the-art, first-class, concierge-style service from start to finish, and that's what we tried to build. And, uh, Arnold, before we talk about some of the details on what you guys are doing on a daily basis uh, and all of the amazing programs and services that you offer, tell us why. I think a lot of people, they, they see the homeless issue in, in southern Nevada, and, and you know, they jump to some conclusions that not, not are, are not always correct. Uh, they they think that either folks are are all um, facing addi- uh, addiction issues or they have some sort of uh, perhaps mental health right. issues, which is not everybody, of course. But when it comes to homeless veterans, I think people too are shocked by that because they say, "Well, geez, they get out of the military, they have benefits to be able to like a VA loan to go buy a home and all this." Tell us how many of the veterans that you interact with on a daily basis, how do they get to the point where they're at where they need your help? Well, it, it comes. It's a very good question. It comes in various forms. So, um, you know, there's all sorts of issues that people deal with in life in general. Uh, when you come out of the, the service, if you've been in active duty, if you've been injured, if you have a traumatic brain injury, if you suffer from PTS, if you've got, um, uh, you know, domestic situation, um, and and if you've been trained in the military um, and and can't fit in, quote unquote, to society, it's a real problem. So we, um, our residents all come from different walks of life, and uh, we, we address it one, one veteran at a time. What's the problem? How can we help them fix it? Yeah, it's, it's, it's those individuals that have to fix things themselves. They have to, you know, they have to help themselves get better and plug in. Yeah, and, and, and of course, not like you said, it's about solutions, not about the problem per se. I mean, right. the problem leads them to you in many ways or problems. 
but but clearly these are issues that we as a community have to address and come together and work or in organizations like yours because the federal government does it. The VA has its purpose. Um, are, are, are services like yours and your and Veterans Village and what you're doing? And I know I think you're expanding up and you already have right into Reno. Well, we've been there's been a lot of talk about us going other places and, um, you know, um, uh, going other places takes uh, staffing, it takes money, it takes time, and, and it takes uh, a lot of commitment. And um, it's just, it's, it hasn't happened yet. Right. Um, and so, um, for for many different reasons, um, it's an e- it's easy to replicate. Uh, we can train people to replicate it, but it's not easy to stick with it. And the sticking with it is is the is the footwork that people a lot of people are not willing to do once they find out how difficult. Uh, it is just to deal with the population and and to serve people the way we do. Yes, it's a it's an amazing commitment that you guys, that you and your staff and volunteers all do. And again, we're talking to Arnold Stock, president of Veterans Village here in Las Vegas. And uh, let's talk about the housing, Arnold, because you, I think this is one of the things that you guys do that's so visible. And I know I've been to a couple events back when the Yes, Raider, Raiders donated uh, some money to help you with this, but you have four facilities here in town that that five, that, five now. Okay, so yeah. see, I'm, I'm behind yeah. by one. <laughs> but <laughs> you've you've taken converted uh, motels and turned those into beautiful housing for the fo- those folks, and then you also have this instant build houses, which are built out of shipping containers. Correct. That's correct. And we're and, in the middle of building ten of them as a prototype. The Raiders have have helped that's substantially. Um, uh, Sands Cares, uh, just a bunch of different businesses. Uh, Martin Harris and Builders United are building it along with the trade unions. And uh, we're building 10 of them, see how it works, and then building our village of at least 100 of them. Wow. Um, That's amazing. Now, now when, when we have somebody, when you, we look at the kind of continuum of folks who, who interact with Veterans Village, to, uh, walk us through someone comes to you or you find them and they need help. They need a place to live. Uh, and you have other services like employment services. So what, what is that kind of life cycle of someone who is in need, they come to you, and how does that start, and how do you run them through that process? Um, well, everybody comes in differently. We have a, a triage uh, um, service that's 24-7 where we can literally, like when you go into an emergency room, assess the problem, and uh, sometimes it's just a quick fix, like an ID card or DDG-14. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are kinds of things. That's not, a lot of vets need to have their, their record cleaned up. Maybe they have a jaywalking. Uh, ridiculous. Some, some of our vets have ridiculous uh, warrants out uh, that can be cleaned up easily in the courts here. Um, you know, some people need housing. Some people need a myriad of things. So during that triage process, which we cut down to about an hour, Wow. All together to get somebody as a resident, the VA will take, you know, four to five months on it. Wow. To see where they're going to go, if they fit in for funding, if they fit in for housing. And what our immediate thing is get them off the streets first and then figure out where we're, where, what we're going to do next. Yeah, get them safe. And I know the programs, when, when folks come to you, you have employment services, job placement on site. You have uh, Job Connect with, with Goodwill and the Veterans Program. Also right. access to VA medical services in Clark County. You have 12-step meetings for those folks that need it and career life planning. And then, of course, transportation, such a huge issue. People don't think about it. For those of us who drive yeah. cars every day, you have uh, uh, interaction with RTC and paratransit organizations. Um, are, how, how, how big is the problem still in Southern Nevada with veterans who, who need your services? 
it's huge. Um, it's undefinable. The numbers game is a game to me. Mm. When people talk about how many numbers and they drive around the town trying to pick out who's homeless, who's not homeless. I'm driving down Bonanza Road right now. It's loaded with street people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we do a one, one, one family, one individual at a time, and there is plenty of demand. Uh, people are sleeping all over the street here, and, and you know, the city, the city and the county are trying the best they can, but the only way we're going to eliminate a homeless problem is to build homes and to make new housing accessible. And that's the essence of the whole problem. We don't have the housing. We keep tearing motels down all over downtown and uh, closing and shuttering motels and putting little pictures of, of animals and llamas and all sorts of other stuff to make it look like it's not something. But mm. we have torn down a tremendous amount of motel rooms here. That's amazing. And I know, I know too, you mentioned uh, helping families. And I think that's one of the things, too. I've seen some of the stories around uh, veterans you've helped. And you, you're not just dealing with individuals. You are dealing with families when you oh, have absolutely. husbands, wives, kids, correct? Yep. That's yeah, it. and that's, that's why I said a, a huge gap in the in the system here is veteran spouses. Yeah, women that uh, predominantly women that have been married for multiple years to veterans when they pass, you know, their benefits are cut and all sorts. So we're addressing that problem too. It's it's complicated. Wow, and I mean Arnold, you you guys are so dedicated in what you do. Uh, well, thank is, you, and appreciate it, your time. Oh, no, no. We appreciate it, too. And and the one thing that's very, very important, and one of the reasons I wanted to get you on, on the air, too, here on Beyond the Build is to really talk about what we can do. So those of us in the community, of course, you know, there's every every organization always needs money, but you guys take all sorts of donations. Talk about what you guys need, and if people want to get involved and help you in your mission, what can they do? Well, actually, one of the main, one of our major fundraising things is not funds; it's in-kind stuff. You know, for ten dollars, somebody can go buy three cases of water at Albertsons, for example, thirty-two packs, ninety bottles of water for ten dollars. Wow, that's a huge help to us because I score a water so we don't so people have water when it's you know one hundred and eighteen degrees on the street. So um, we have all sorts of different ways from that to you know to cash contributions. Um, $20 houses a veteran for a night complete with everything 20 bucks that's you know, where can you do that and so uh, we, we have that initiative and if people have want to come down we have uh, pantry three times a week excuse me three times a week from 1130 from 1145 to 1:30 at the veterans village too come down and help serve some uh, some people that are in need, that are waiting, that are hungry, that need uh, um, uh, produce and and uh, you know dry goods and things like that. So clothing, jobs. Sure. Yeah. No. There's all there's all those needs, and I think that's where people you know a lot of people tend to think, well, what can I do? And really, the reality they can is, do you, a lot. yeah, you can do a lot, and and everything from water to food to to coming down and donating your time. Right. You guys, I know you have right. your your when is your your fundraiser your run? Is that in November? Thank you for mentioning that. Yes, sir. It's at the end of November, and it's our 5K run. Um, somebody pulls up bvlv.org. It's all Bs and Victor. Um, it is uh, in November, and it's November 23rd. It starts at 8 a.m. at the Smith Center. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a great event, and um, that's a way ten, to get involved, too. Ten bucks. You can walk walk it and run it or, and whatever, and, and just show up and support us the biggest thing you can. 
Yeah, and I'd love to see families. That's what I'm going to do. I have so, I have some smaller kids too, uh, in, you know, under ten, and they're, we're going to bring them out. To I'm going to run it, and they're they're going to walk Wonderful. it. They're going to walk it with my wife and uh, have fun because yeah. they need they need to to know how we can help as well. Well, Arnold Stock from Veterans Village here in Las Vegas. You can go to veteransvillagelasvegas.org. And what was the other one? VVL.org? VVLV for veteransvillagelasvegas.org. VVLV. Awesome. That's even shorter. So go there, see what you can do. And Arnold, I'm sure we'll have you on again, and we certainly appreciate the time today. God bless you, and thank you so much. All right, Arnold Stock from Veterans Village in Las Vegas. Amazing work that him and his team are doing. Make sure you check in. Make sure you help out the men and women who served us. We They deserve our respect, and they deserve the dignity of finding a place to live, finding a job, and living their life uh, as we all do. We're going to step aside, and we'll be back here on Beyond the Build on News Talk 840 KXNT. Welcome back to Beyond the Build here on News Talk 840 KXNT. And boy, Las Vegas continues to grow. We talk about that every week here on the show. And today, uh, we're just uh, uh, excited to be joined by one of the great young business reporters over at the Las Vegas Review-Journal, and that is Bailey Schultz. Bailey joined the RJ's Business Deck back in April 2018, experience at Bloomberg News, and she is a fan of Big Red. She's from Iowa, but she went to Nebraska. Bailey, thanks for joining us here on uh, Beyond the Build. Yeah, no, happy to be on. Are you ready for football season? Oh, very ready. No, it's, <laughs> I have tickets for the first game already. I'm going to fly out to Lincoln. I'm very excited. Nice. That's very cool. I know college football season is always a big deal in Nebraska. I lived in Kansas City, and so I had a lot of friends who were from that area and went to school up there. So I know all about Big Red. All right. Well, let's jump in and talk about particularly we're still in the second half here of 2019, but 2020 is shaping up to be a big year for our city with just a multitude of projects uh, slated for completion, of which most are focused on our key industry, right? Tourism, entertainment. Talk about the current state of development of some of these big projects and, and kind of what it means overall and what people should take from that uh, about our economy and where it's going. Yeah, so like you said, there are a lot of projects slated to open um, next year. And so I, I just wrote a piece that wound up various projects on that list. And I think there are over and it'd be more than 15. I'm sure there are even more across the valley. So um, big year for Las Vegas. But really, I think this is a reflection of the positive economy and the growth that Southern Nevada is seeing right now. Um, yeah, sources have told me that these additions, um, which include nearly 2,000 hotel rooms being added, um, really help the city take in even more visitors, which is, of course, a boon to the economy out here. Yeah, and that's, that's what I was going to say is how, you know, you talk about the importance of these projects that are underway that you outlined in this list, and we're going to get to some of those specifically here in a moment. But when you look at the long-term health of our city's visitor uh, visitors and tourism business, which is our main industry, I think some folks have said, well, geez, things are going really well. It's, you know, we have 90% occupancy. But it's a never-ending game, right, Bailey? You have to continue. And if you're if you're the folks with LVCVA and the local governments uh, charged with making sure tourism and travel stays where it needs to be, that's an ongoing thing. You constantly need to add uh, uh, capacity and all those things, correct? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I know um, one concern among a lot of people as well is when is the next recession going to hit, which, of course, plays into the economy here in Las Vegas with this being such a tourism-driven area. Um, 
So yeah, from what I've heard from a lot of my sources is just that it's important for the city to keep reinventing itself and, and changing in order to keep attracting those different audiences. Yeah, no doubt. And there's a few projects and, and, and Bailey's piece, which ran last Sunday, actually, um, and it, it's titled These Projects Will Change the Look of Las Vegas in 2020. And and that is so true in so many ways, Bailey, in the fact that not only does it bring on more capacity for conventions, for hotel rooms, for uh, venues like the stadium and all these things, but it also is changing our skyline, right, from a, from from these big, large projects that go up. I mean, if you drive down I-15 past Russell Road, you can't but help somewhat be in awe of the massive structure that is the stadium. But then you go down the strip uh, towards the, the, the uh, north end and you see Resorts World. Um, that changing landscape and how these projects are becoming more visible for some with these these large projects, that is important. But there's also smaller projects, right? I mean, you talk about hotel rooms. There's hotels going up all over the city. They're not just in the resort corridor. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, no, I think that list included um, there, there's a Hampton Suites. There's um, renovations with different casinos like South Point and, and Downtown Grand. Um, and so, yeah, like, like I said earlier, I think the LBCDA estimates more than, or nearly 2,000 rooms will be added by the end of next year. And so um, I, I think that could really help put put more space in for those additional visitors here in Las Vegas. Sure. And as, as, as the town continues to grow from a residential standpoint, which of course we talked to your colleague Eli Siegel about, uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, the need for hotel rooms in outer areas of Las Vegas, right where f- folks live in in those suburban areas, continues to grow as well. Now we'll skip a little bit of the stadium talk because we we all spend a lot of time on that. But there's so many more things going on, and one of the biggest projects I think that sort of goes, uh, at least for the the common listener out there, uh, that goes under the radar is the convention center expansion. Um, How badly was that needed to help Las Vegas remain the number one destinations for these large-scale events? Yeah, so this is a a major innovation for um, expansion for the convention center. So um, this is going to add 1.4 million square feet. um, And and once the renovations are done, the center will house close to 2.5 million square feet of this exhibition space. So um, that would make it the second largest in North America. Um, so I think those statistics alone really show that um, that the LBCB wants to attract and keep those large-scale conventions. Um, yeah, those statistics, <laughs> I'll pause and say that again. Sure. Um, yeah, those statistics along with the fact that um, this convention center is getting ready to open in time for CES. 2021 um, really shows that the LTCBA wants to attract and keep those large-scale conventions here in Southern Nevada. Yes, yeah, such huge business for us, and and Las Vegas is diversified. When I first came as a as a much younger man uh, in the early '90s to go to school here, uh, this time during the summer was a dead period. Now you're starting to see more and more folks uh, come during different times of the year uh, to have big conferences because b- the summer used to be dead. There was nothing going on, but now we're starting to see that, and of course the the convention center expansion will help with that. But not to be uh, forgotten is yes, you have the LV uh, the Las Vegas Convention Center, the big one going up and being remodeled. But then you have other convention centers being uh, built as well. The Caesars Convention Area, of course, uh, is is behind the link over there. And, and they're clearly recognizing, despite the fact that they were just sold to El Dorado. And we have, you've had lots of news to cover 
are in that area the last few days. Um, but the convention business, it, not only for the convention authority, but for the individual operators and owners of these properties is getting big. You have Caesars, you have the Wynn Convention Center uh, being expanded and space being uh, built over there. Talk about what the hotels are doing and the, what they've recognized in trying to keep people on property with these events. Yeah, so like you said, I think convention centers are huge for these properties. Um, it, it really is a driver to get people in these resorts during the weekdays. And so um, convention centers are huge, and that is just shown by all the growth that we're seeing in these various convention centers across the valley. Yes, and, and we've seen, of course, we saw the battle uh, between the Sands Convention areas and the Las Vegas Convention Authority, and it's going to be interesting to see the competitive nature of that, uh, especially, I mean, with the really, really large, you're going to have one option, right? You're going to, you're going to go to the Las Vegas Convention Center, but with some of these other uh, conventions and, and um, conferences, boy, the convention uh, space is going to heat up a lot, and that's great for our economy. Now, redevelopment in downtown Bailey. Uh, that has been a cruel muse for folks over the years, uh, going back, man, to the 80s when they were trying to redevelop. And then you had the Tony Shea movement, of course, with Zappos and everything that was going down there. Now, the new Derek Stevens Circa Project, the downtown Las Vegas Expo Center. Has development downtown in Las Vegas finally turned the corner, in your view? Yeah, so like you said, there has been talk about revitalizing the downtown area for years and years. Um, so it's kind of hard to pinpoint a specific project or a specific year when we can say the turnaround is really happening, especially as we're in the midst of all this construction. But um, I, I would say that the projects opening next year do seem pretty significant. Um, I know Circle will be the tallest Las Vegas hotel north of the Strip at 44, 44 stories, and um, the downtown Las Vegas Expo will be adding nearly 195,000 square feet of convention space. So. Um, yeah, those are no small feats for the downtown area. Right, and of course now they want to try to de- uh, develop a soccer stadium down there as well. Yeah, so <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna be a busy few years to see what happens, and it'll be you know I think everybody roots for downtown Las Vegas to to turn that corner as I as I said, uh, but we'll see. But the Circa clearly and the Expo Center uh, are, are big big uh, big opportunities I think for there. Now if we go out to Henderson, Henderson's been a hotbed. Of course the Raiders are moving their headquarters there, but just this past week the Google Data Center uh, they they broke ground out there and. and And uh, one of the things, too, that over the years, uh, for someone who's lived here now twice, um, is the fact that Las Vegas is always saying, has always said from a development standpoint, that it wanted to diversify the types of business. Of course, tourism, travel will always be our number one industry, but to grow a more, uh, I think, uh, diverse area of not only people but of businesses, you kind of have to attract those businesses. Um, With Google now, has that diversification of business, are you starting to see that a little more in these projects that you're covering? Yeah, so so like you said, I think diversification has always been a huge topic for Southern Nevada. Um, And from what I've been hearing from different sources and economists, I I think these are definitely a part of those efforts, but... um, Las Vegas still has a way to go before it can say yeah, it's truly diversified its economy. Um, major hospitality still like a, a huge percentage of the local workforce, um, especially compared to other cities. And so uh, I think we're on the way. I think Southern Nevada and Las Vegas are making some really good strides, but um, we still have a ways to go until we can truly say we have a diversified 
economy. Yeah, certainly. And and the influx of folks coming in. There's a lot of small businesses that move to Southern Nevada, of course, from California and other high tax states where uh, they're looking for the, the opportunity to grow their business without uh, paying too much tax and, and having the ability to, to afford uh, the cost of living. Now, Bailey, again, we're talking to Bailey Schultz from the Las Vegas Review Journal uh, about her story in the past week. And actually, if you just look at any of her stories, they pretty much are following all the lines. With some of these projects, too, Bailey, that you outlined in your story, uh, they, they are there's a lot of renovation going on. So the, the Sahara, of course, uh, which is right now the SLS, but uh, being coined back to the, its original name so that it matches the street it sits on. Um, is going to be under renovation. So there's a lot of there's a lot of properties in Las Vegas, a lot of developments that are trying to find their mojo again, right? They're trying to uh, become more modern to attract that. Um, are, are we going to see more of that in the next few years? I, I think, yeah. Um, resorts and casinos are always reinventing themselves and always changing. I think that's an essential part of keeping visitors coming to Las Vegas and keeping people interested in their properties. So uh, I think we can continue to expect to see different renovations down the line. Okay. And and you have, like you said earlier, the, the next recession. It's not a question of if but when because our, our economy tends to be cyclical and you have your bell curves and things go up and down. Uh, and hopefully it's nowhere near what it was like in 2008 for all of our sakes. But when you look at that, uh, of course, that looming on the horizon whenever it comes. But are there any other obstacles? Are there any other concerns as you've covered all of this? Are there any concerns when you talk to economists, when you talk to people in the industry of other challenges that might be down the road that Las Vegas is going to face that could get in the way of some of this development? Um, yeah, so as far as these renovations and additions go, um, Las Vegas occupancy rates are already around 90%. And so um, what I've been from sources is it's kind of a question in whether these um, increases will in supply will match the mm. increase in demand from visitors here in Las Vegas. Yeah, and that, that's, uh, that's always a concern, right? Because you just don't know what that tipping point is. And you have so many external uh, pressures that can affect us. You know, if, if something happens in another part of the area, like Southern California, we realize so many uh, visitors come from Southern California, especially on the weekends here. Uh, you just never know if something happens significantly. I mean, we just had, of course, the earthquake, right? If if there was a more severe earthquake in Southern California and there was widespread damage, people aren't going to come to Las Vegas. So there's all those types of things that, that really impact uh, he, uh, our, our, in our economy, really. Um, and, and, and one last question for you is, as you talk about kind of Las Vegas, its continued growth, is there is there concern from any of those experts that you talk to that, that not only the capacity keeps up, but that at some point we reach, uh, because of the demand on, for example, construction and supplies and all of those things, that, that we could hit a point where we're not able to keep up? Or do they feel like we could keep up long term if things continue to grow? Um, yeah, right now people are very optimistic about the growth in Las Vegas and the economy here. And um, yeah, we're, we're seeing this trend of um, expansion and renovation and construction, but um, it, it's hard to predict how long things will go on. I, like you said, I know um, the next recession will come at some point. We're not sure when, we're not sure how far that will hit, but that will certainly play a role in um, those construction efforts here in Southern Nevada. All right. Well, one thing I do know is that if you want to know what's happening with all of this, make sure you read Bailey Schultz at the Las Vegas Review Journal, of course, and uh, her co-workers there, her colleagues who are doing an amazing job. So, Bailey, thank you so much for being with us today, and I'm sure we'll talk to you again very soon down the road. Yeah, thank you for having me. 
Welcome back to Beyond the Build here on News Talk 840 KXNT. We're about to close out the show. We hope you have enjoyed today's information. Of course, Arnold Stock from Veterans Village. Holy moly, what a charity and what an organization they have going. And they need your help. Make sure you check out veteransvillage.org and get them in-kind donations. doesn't always have to be cash. It can be everything from water to food to clothing, other things that they need. But check it out. Make sure you help the men and women who are there, who served us and are in need as we speak, as our city continues to grow. We have to be sure we don't forget about those who need a step up, need a helping hand. And Arnold Stock at Veterans Village is doing that. Also want to thank again, Bailey Schultz. Uh, You heard our conversation with her about the big projects being developed here in town. So there's just so much happening in Las Vegas. We're very lucky to live here, and I know you and I can agree on that. We're going to close out the show. Reminder, please, please check us out on Twitter, Beyond Build LV. Follow us there. You have archives of the show as well. You can get linked there. In addition, we want to thank our sponsor, our benefactor here, and that, of course, is the Laborers Local 872, Tommy White and his men and women building the Las Vegas Stadium, building the Sphere, building Resorts World, just about everything you see in our city. The brave, the hardworking, skilled men and women of the Local 872 are out there making sure it all happens. So thanks to them for that. want to thank our entire team here at KXNT for putting on the show today. We hope you have a wonderful week as we head into late August. And again, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate you always spending time with us here on News Talk 840 KXNT. Don't forget, if you're a football fan, to check out Silver and Black today uh, from Sunday, before the show, from Sunday to 8 to 10 on uh, CBS Sports Radio 1140. That's our sister station right next door. The Raiders are coming, so make sure you check that out. Again, want to thank everybody here at the station for our program director, Paul Eihander, for the entire crew here. want to thank you for joining us on Beyond the Build. Until next time, have a great week, Las Vegas. Stay cool, stay hydrated, and make sure, more than anything, do me a favor, take care of everybody out there. Take care of one another. We're all in this life together. Take care. Have a great week. 